السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم Welcome to the Friday special podcast الحمد لله today we have Shahatim uh, myself and Shikababa and the topic today is about those who abandon the Sunnah is this a sign of the end of times um, so I'll bring uh, Shikababa and Shahatim uh, Assalamu alaikum uh, Shaykh how are you all? So we've got a great topic today, inshallah, and then let's just go straight into it. And the the first part of the discussion today is about uh, there is like a trend now, Sheikh Baba Shehatim. We can see this online where people now are saying, "Look, let's forget the Sunnah. Let's, let's not follow the Sunnah." Let's not give any 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 points on the hadith. Let's just focus on the Quran because we know that only Quran is the so-called word of Allah, word of God, and everything else can be wrong. So let's not follow the Sunnah. Let's just follow the Quran. This is what is happening now. And actually, um, while we were discussing about this, Min Shahatim, we were talking about this last night, and I come across the one of the hadith from uh, Abu Dawood uh, from Al Miqdam. He, report, he reported that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, um, I have surely been given the Qur'an and something similar along, along with it. Soon the time will come when a man will recline on his couch saying, only follow the Qur'an, make lawful what you find in it as lawful and outlaw what you find in it as unlawful. So essentially, abandoning the sunnah, right? Not, not taking anything else. So, you know, it's quite interesting as well for those who uh, reject the sunnah. For example, if you were actually to look, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned this 1,400 years ago. It's going to come this time that where people are now going to start abandoning the sunnah. And inshallah, we'll talk about what the sunnah, uh, how, how did Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do, you know, on Monday and Thursday, fasting, inshallah. So we'll go that, and there will be a few topics, inshallah. So we'll start with that topic, and uh, I will start with Shehatim, because Shehatim, you uh, bring up this point that last night. So let's start with that, Shahatim. Let's see. Uh, let's hear from you first uh, on, on this subject. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim tasliman kathira. Assalamu alaikum, my dear brothers and sisters, and thank you again for having this podcast. Um, in terms of uh, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, I want I want us all to go back to our childhood first. And when we look at the infant, when it is born and it gradually grows, you find out that the infant uh, develops their skills and their abilities from imitating. They need some to see someone doing certain things and then they imitate so that they can learn that skill and they move on in their life based on that imitation. So it is within the fitrah of a human being to have a role model, to have an example, to have someone that you look up to and you want to follow and become like them. And um, to us as Muslims, we of course believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we have our divine scripture, which is the Quran. And we have the best example to mankind, which is Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Now, if someone claims and says that uh, Prophet, sorry, if someone claims that the Quran 
is very important to them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the divine supreme power of the universe. So it means out of the respect of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this divine book, you should follow what is in the book. And one of the verses that I want to quote today, which is A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim, Laqad Kana Lakum Fi Rasulillahi Uswatun Hasana, Liman Kana Yarju Allaha Walyomil Akhar, Wadakar Allah Kathira. Certainly you have in the Apostle of Allah an excellent exemplar for him who hopes in Allah and the later day and remembers Allah much. So it is actually a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa as a role model, as an exemplar. So when someone says or claims that the sunnah is not important, then he is breaching one of the most important verses in the Quran. And he is no longer adhering to the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as they are in the Quran. And you find the contradiction in this person when everything he does, everything he knows is from the sunnah. All his practices that he does is from the sunnah. But yet he claims that the sunnah is not important, even in terms of how to pray. You know, you will not find a verse in the Quran explaining to you in details how to perform your prayer and many other aspects of rituals. So uh, previous nations, they they got into trouble with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and calamity arrived on their shores is when they started to belittle their prophets and messengers. And they belittle the role of the prophet and the messenger. And then eventually they neglected the faith. And then the, the calamity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to them. So we as the, the ummah of the prophet sallallahu Allah has shown us in the Quran so many examples about this. So we shouldn't make the same mistakes like the previous nations. We should not neglect the role of our Prophet. Some of them just say, oh, the Prophet ﷺ, his role was only to, re to, to get the Quran and to deliver it to us. Khalas, that's, that's his role. That's not true. That's not true at all. That is belittling the role of the Prophet ﷺ. They forgot the 23 years of sacrifice that the Prophet ﷺ worked day and night in teaching his companions about this faith. So I urge my brothers and sisters to stick to the Quran first and understand what the Quran says so that they can practice their faith the way Allah wanted it, not the way they want it and those who are deviant want it uh, uh, today. Wallahu a'lam. Zakallah khairan Shaykh Hatim. Shaykh Baba, any, um, you probably come across this as well in day-to-day. Uh, um, -day. Some people ask you questions on this. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidi Mursaleen. 
Nabina Muhammadin wa ala ali wa sahbihi wa sallam wa ba'd brothers and sisters assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us guided may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us steadfast in the line of the Quran and the line of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran ba'da uzbillahi minash shaytani rajim bismillahi rahmani rahim qul in kuntum tuhibbuna allaha fattabi'uni يحببكم الله إن ندع آية ومن أطاع الله فقد أطاع الرسول الله سبحانه وتعالى have made it very clear from our first source of this deen which is the Quran that O Muhammad say if you love me sorry if you love Allah then follow me Allah will love you so to love him, we have to love his sunnah. We have to love his companions and his families. And we have to love him above all. If we don't, if we neglect his sunnah, that is a sign of disrespecting, a sign of not loving him, and a sign of not loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the second ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to Muhammad to say to us, if you love Allah, then follow me. So the only way to follow him is to follow and revive his sunnah. Now to willingly and knowingly neglect and abandon the sunnah. It is very important to say willingly, knowingly, because still, though we live at this era, there are places and villages where the Sunnah and even the true deen have not come to them yet. But to those who have got the knowledge and to those whom the proper Aqidah have gotten to, if they willingly and knowingly declare that no i don't follow this or no this is not sunnah then there will be a big question mark in their faith because the quran the sunnah complements the quran rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and allah ordered us to pray it is he sallallahu alaihi wasallam who taught us what to recite how many rakat to pray and how to do the sujood and what to recite and how to come to the prayer and how to come out of the salat. It is he who taught us all that. So to abandon the sunnah, then that is wrong. The people today are of two categories. One who says, no, I will only follow the Quran. They are wrong. Because the Quran and the sunnah, they go side by side. And those who say, I will only follow the or I'm, I'm Sunni, or I'm Ahlul Hadith, I will only follow the Hadith, that is wrong. That is why Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, rahimahullah ta'ala, he warned us, he said, uh, the one who abandons the Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, have placed himself, have made himself a place in the hellfire. So, to live our lives according to the Quran and Sunnah, we have to love and we have to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
according to the Quran and Sunnah. Because if we say because we love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, I will only do demilad only. I will only celebrate his birthday. But fasting and all this, one have to see what he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did during his lifetime and what the companions did. What re reminds me, this reminds me of the hadith of um, Abi Najish al-Irbad ibn Sariah. He said, وَعَذَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ مَوْئِذَةً بَلِيغَةً وَجِلَتْ مِنْهَا الْقُلُوبِ وَذَرَفَتْ مِنْهَا الْأُيُونِ فَقُلْنَا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ كَأَنَّهَا مَوْئِذَةُ مُوَدِّئٍ فَإِذْنَا فَأَوْسِنَا قَالَ أُوْسِيكُمْ بِتَقْوَى اللَّهِ وَالسَّمْئِ وَالطَّاءَةِ وَإِنْ تَأَمَّرَ عَلَيْكُمْ عَبْدٌ فَإِنَّهُ مَنْ يَئِشْ مِنْكُمْ فَسَيَرَى اخْتِلَافًا كَثِيرًا عليكم بسنتي وسنة الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين عضوا عليها بالنواجز وإياكم ومحدثات الأمور فإن كل بدعة ضلالة الحديث أخرجه ابن داود والترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح إن ذلك حديث أبي نجيه الإرباد بن سارية هي سيد Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us advice very comprehensive, very scary. Our hearts beat up. Our, our tears were flowing. We said, O Messenger of Allah, it is like a, a summon of a fearwell, meaning that uh, you are going to die soon. We won't be hearing from you anymore. So advise us. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, I advise you to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always. He said, I advise you to be mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also to listen and to obey. Even if a slave comes and hijacks the leadership to rule you, to control you, certainly whosoever lives among you will see a lot of divisions. Follow my sunnah and the sunnah of my companion. They are the righteous, the, the pious, the guided. Hold on to it with your back teeth. Don't lose it. I warn you from innovation. Every innovation is misguidance. In another hadith, it says all misguidance are in the hellfire. So for these two, this hadith is in Abida, it is in Sunan Abi Dawood and also at Tirmizi. So when we or a believer tend to neglect this kind of hadith, neglect all sunnah, he's neglecting this hadith. And this hadith is comprehensive. It puts the principles 
of the line of the Quran and also of the line of the Sunnah. The Quran is the word from Allah to Jibreel to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to us. The Sunnah, the meaning is from Allah to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The wording is from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The way the Quran was protected, the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is protected too. That is why it is, it is paramount to understand what is authentic sunnah and what is not. And if it is not authentic, if it is a fake, calling it sunnah is wrong because sunnah can only be called sunnah if it is the authentic sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu alam. Sorry if I took too long. Um, there was one here, um, there's one comment here, it says, you know, I think this comes from lack of knowledge. Some people see hadith which are problematic, so they reject the hadith, right? And um, so basically, you know, you know, the thing is another point there, they say when missionaries want to attack Islam, they always quote some random hadith no one has ever heard of. Like you say, Sheikh, it's not a hadith if we don't know whether the chains of narrations and they're clear and things like that. And the point is actually quite good. When some people, some of those who attack Islam, they use some of this hadith, it's either incomplete or we don't even know the so-called hadith. Where does it come from? I mean, it sounds really bizarre sometimes. And I don't even know what where they quote from. And I wish for those who are against Islam, who somehow dislike Islam for whatever reason, you being honest to yourself and actually look it up and find out what are the sources of, and then just quoting after quoting. And sometimes what people do is, there's one person who made up something and the next person just used that, the next person just use it and then they all just reference back to that same person, the same source. And there are some websites out there who are, uh, those who are against Islam, who hate Islam for whatever reason, whoever they are, you know, they put it out there and people use that as a resource. And then I actually, if any one of you here who are not Muslim, for example, and if you have any questions about Islam, and I say this to everybody, go and look into the Quran. Go into look the authentic sources, the many books that have been written about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In one of my talk when I was in uh, uh, Fiji recently, and I gave a talk to a group of non-Muslims, we are not yet Muslims, yeah. And uh, one of the things that I said was, you know, I told them a story of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Just before he go to migrate to Medina, Al Medina. And, you know, we all know that Ali took his place and slept in his bed, right? Now, on that night as well, there's a few interesting things, right? The, uh, Prophet Muhammad also gave to Ali certain things that already been entrusted to, to, for him to look after by this Mushrikun of Makkah. Because we know that he's known as Al-Amin, so he's been trusted to look after certain things, right? So they gave him to look after these things, whatever dealings, certain things, certain things. So... And when he wanted to go to Medina, you know, he go and he told Ali, he said, look, we have to return this back to the to those people so that, you know, because I'm not able to look after, I'm not able to look after these things. My point being is, right, you know, the the the, the non-Muslim, even though they hate the teaching, the, 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 the message of Prophet Muhammad sallam, they don't like the idea of accepting Islam, but they still know that they can trust him, which is very interesting, Right. You you don't like you don't like this guy because he's preaching something you know you 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 know you don't want to you hate the message you dislike it but you know that he himself Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a good character is a good Moroccan and you still believe him to look after certain things to trust him with certain things to give him some amana right 
So you know, and I, I, I and I mess, and I mentioned this to the to the group, and I said that some of them are the audience are children, and I said, look, can I ask you a question? If this is the guy, you know, who people dislike his message, but they still trust him with certain things, you know, will he not um, be a messenger? Will he not be someone who's been chosen by the Prophet Muhammad sallam? So you know, that's the point, right? So that's point number one. So and then now. One of the questions is, Sheikh, is you know one of the issues, and I believe you know like what the comment mentioned about not understanding the hadith, uh, not understanding that, not having the knowledge, is because you know they don't understand how the hadith was preserved, right? Everybody think about the Quran is the one that's fully preserved. The hadith is not completely preserved, therefore we, you know, we don't know which. Now, maybe one of you can explain this, right? And why? That you know, and there might be a people who are not yet Muslim who watch this video today. How can we Muslim know which hadith is there's the truth, and when we know that there was no guarantees not being preserved? That's what they, that's what they, the claims, right? And out there, outside them, yeah. 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 <laughs> you see, the hadith, we have to understand the matan. We have to understand the Sanat, the chain of the narration, and also the context of the Hadith. If it is contradicting the Quran, it cannot be Quran, it cannot be Hadith. This is one. Secondly, those who narrated the Hadith they were scrutinized. Mm. And the, the scholars of Hadith, they went one by one. They checked, they looked at these people's background. Is he a liar? Was he dishonest? If that is the case, they will put his own narration aside. They will put his narration aside. Before one condemn or abandon hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they need to ponder the hadith which is in Sahih Bukhari, narrated by Abu Huraira. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kullu ummati yadukhuluna al-janna illa man aba. Qalu wa mani aba ya Rasulullah. This is clear. All my ummah will enter Jannah with the exception of the one who rejects. The companions asked, who will reject to go to Jannah? O Messenger of Allah. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whosoever obey me will enter Jannah. And whosoever denies me have rejected, disobeyed me, he or she has rejected. This is clear, black and white, like, like the sun. No one on earth today can love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than he loved himself, more than the companions, how more than the way they loved him. When he is fit, 
they raised to get it. They said to him in one of the battles, O Messenger of Allah, if you are to jump in this river, not to commit suicide, but if you were to jump in this sea to go to the enemies, we will follow you. That is how they loved him. So today, before you do any act, have a look. Did he, sallallahu alayhi wa do it? No, he did not do it. Okay, he did it. Do it. He did not do it, but the companion did. Then do it. If he did not, the companions did not. No so-called alim or sheikh or mufti or maulana can save himself from the punishment of the day of judgment. How would that person save you from the punishment? by just blindly following. We cannot. More so, the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the way it is protected and the way it is preserved. Many non-Muslims, many Christians or, or other idols, worshippers, have tried to scrutinize it and at the end, they came up to come back to Islam. This deen will, this sunnah will always prevail without us. For us, we can only prevail and succeed in following the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How to do that? It's first to love him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam love his families and his companions and follow them wherever you can. If one say they will be able to do or they want to follow all the sunnah, no, they will not be able to. Let's remember there's a very long hadith. I think it might have been Abdullah Nomar. Please correct me, viewers. He said to Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, I want to fast continuously. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told him, no, fast, uh, you know, fast Mondays and Thursdays and 13 and 14 and 15. He said, I could do more than that. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, then fast the, the fast of Dawood alayhi salam. He fast one day and then he eats the next day. He said, I could do more. Let us take, he said, I wished I listened to the messenger of sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have divided the have divided the good deed we do as he has divided our our arzaq, our sustenance. There are some people Allah give them the strength and the ability to sit down and read the Quran most of the time and read the Sunnah. For some people, He give them the ability and the strength to perform night prayers, which is called Qiyamul Layl or Tahajjud. For some, he gave them the energy and the strength to be able to fast Mondays and Thursdays and 13 and 14 and 15. For some, he gave them the strength to be able to, to fast one day and eat the next day. Let's remember the letter of um, 
of uh, Soma wrote a letter to Imam Malik. He said to him, you know, why don't you contemplate on your own, you know, ibadah and worship? So Imam Malik, Al-Umari, yes, it was Al-Umari who wrote to Imam Malik. And then Imam Malik responded by saying, wa alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. He said, inna Allah qad qassama al-a'amala kama qassama al-arzaq. Allah has divided the deed, the, the good deed people do, as he has divided the sustenance. Not everyone is equal. He mentioned the examples I have given, and then he said, what you are doing and what I'm doing, these are complementing each other's. Brothers and sisters, we are not talking here about the obligatory worship, ibadah, like fasting Ramadan or five times daily prayers. We are not talking about this. We are talking about the authentic sunnah. So again, if one wants to go to Jannah, follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his messenger uh, and his companions if you want to go to Jannah. Otherwise, follow all Tom, Dick and Harry, Fulan wa Ilan. Wallahi, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Khudu anni manasikakum learn your worship of pilgrimage, everything, learn it from me. He did not say from Maulana so-and-so, from Sheikh so-and-so, from Mufti so-and-so, from him. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, came to us with this deen. Do we know this deen more than him? And he has delivered everything. That is why in the farewell hajj, he asked the companion to ask him whatever they want to know about the deen. When they finished, he said, have you finished? He said, they said, yes. Allah be a witness, I have delivered. In another narration, he said, I've left you with two things. You will never go astray so long you hold on to them. Allah's book and my sunnah. Wallahu alam. Allah knows best. Yes, I uh, wanted to compliment what uh, Sheikh Baba said. We are living in a time where um, some Muslims are very confused when it comes to the Sunnah and they need to understand one very important aspect. Um, in, in individuals, Muslims, you are either one of the two. You're either mujtahid or muqallid. What does these two terms mean? Mujtahid, it means you have the knowledge and the ability to derive rulings in Islam. So you need, you have a, a vast understanding of the Quran, of the Arabic language, of the Aqeedah, of the Seerah, of the Fiqh, of Usul al-Fiqh, and all the sciences of Islam. And you are at a level where you can uh, interpret, contemplate, come up with rulings, and so on. And this is the ulama. The rest of us are muqallideen. It means we are students of knowledge, we are trying to understand, we are learning from those who know better than us. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ So ask the people of knowledge if you don't know. So 
the problem is you find normal people who don't know even how to know to, to read one verse properly they come up with this idea that this quran is for everybody and i'm good enough to interpret the quran and scrutinize the quran and uh, scrutinize the hadith and say that this is wrong and this is right this is part of the ignorance of human beings because everyone has their speciality today i cannot stand up in a medical conference and claim because medicine is for everybody the, med the, the, the medic medical field is for everybody so i consider myself an expert and i can scrutinize and argue and discuss with the surgeons and the doctors and the consultants about diseases because i say so that i can argue about this this is not acceptable because i don't have the experience i don't have the background i don't have the knowledge but somehow people think that the religion is just like a motorbike anyone can go get get on the motorbike and say their opinion about the the, the, the faith and that's why you see a lot of youtube channels and you see a lot of people who are working so hard to um, you know discriminate or oh, sorry to uh, how do i say this to prove that the quran and the sunnah is not authentic there's mistakes there's this there's that but if you see their background you don't feel that they do have the capability to do that i don't say that people shouldn't try and learn and understand but there is a system where you should follow like uh, sheikh baba said uh, sanad and matan yeah if you hold on to any muslim on the streets and ask them what is a sanad and matan they don't know but they know how to say that oh the sunnah is is not true we should not take the sunnah so you can't do that because you're not capable, you're not at a level where you have the intellectual capacity to scrutinize the hadith and the Quran. And if you don't know, go to the people who know. And always for the seeker of truth, you, you have to distinguish yourself. Whether you are a deviant person, you just want to prove that Islam is wrong, or you are genuinely a student of knowledge and you want to know because a true student of knowledge will go and sit with a specialized scholars and say yeah sheikh i don't understand this matter of hadith and it's very confusing can you kindly explain it to me and break it down so that i understand it but those who are deviant and who want to actually prove a point yeah from their stance they would say, oh, let's do this in public. Let's, uh, you know, uh, let's show the whole world that because I, 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 I fail to understand the people who say, for example, I don't believe in a sunnah. I only believe in the Quran. OK, that's your choice. Why do you have to convince other people also to be like you? So. This is your conviction. Mm -hmm. You have reached to a conviction that the sunnah is not true, it's all fake, 
and the Quran mm. is the ultimate goal. Alhamdulillah, that is for you. Okay, that is good enough for you. And whatever decision, whatever ideology you're following, everything has consequences on the day of judgment. But my question is, why are you working so hard and you're so interested in disproving the sunnah while you don't believe in it? Why do you, why do you waste your time in this area where it's not important to you? Yesterday I was watching a YouTube video of one of the brothers who was into the dawah and someone came on live with him and he introduced himself. He says, I'm an ex-Muslim and I have questions about the Quran. So I said, wait, 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 just hold on. He said, do you know anyone from any religion? Yeah, whether it is Judaism, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, who leaves their religion and introduces himself. Oh, I'm an ex-Christian. I'm an ex-Buddhist. I'm an ex-this. No, only Muslims do this. He says, okay, you have left Islam. Why are you coming to a program that is Islamic? Why are you coming here to discuss the verses of the Quran? Aren't you free now? Aren't you happy that you left Islam? Just continue with your life. Don't bother yourself. Don't waste your time. Go and learn other sciences. Why are you trying to prove a point? Why? That's the thing. And unfortunately, this is becoming very popular now in the Islamic world. You see some uh, scientists who are geologists, who are uh, geophysicists, who are medical doctors, and they speak about the Quran and the Sunnah as if it is their specialization and they scrutinize and they come up with all sort of stupid theories. Even one of them uh, from the Arab world, he's a, I think, geologist or something. He says, I can literally locate where Al-Jannah is. I can tell you where it is through through scientific, scientific and physical calculations. I can tell you where the Jannah is. And he has millions of followers. So these are the Dajjals of of this uh, era and Muslims who are faithful to Allah should be very careful. Not everyone who appears on the screen and claims to know something actually knows something. Hmm. Yeah, we should be very careful. Our deen is inheritance is an inheritance from the prophets and the companions and the tabi'een and the ulama and so on. Deen and knowledge is not, you know, uh, attained from Google, is not attained from fake websites, is not attained from someone who has a beard appears on the screen and tells you all sorts of nonsense. Yeah, some of them come up on the screen and say, you know what, yeah, Mickey Mouse is haram and you should slaughter the head of Mickey Mouse. And they think that is from Islam and, and so on. So... Be, be very careful where you get your source of knowledge from. And don't think that Allah and his messenger and the Quran is the game. That you can manipulate all every time. You can make up your mind. You can decide. You can change your mind. This is not a buffet. You either take the deen as it is and follow the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger or just find something else. Don't waste your time. Why are you insisting to stay in Islam if you can't take Islam as it is? 
the Prophet ﷺ has perfected this religion for us. You cannot add anything. You cannot remove anything. So if it's not suitable enough for you, it's not good enough for you, it doesn't make sense for you, please, the door is open, go and find something else. There are so many ideologies out there that will relieve you from this burden. We don't need more Muslims. Alhamdulillah, we have 2 billion Muslims. We want quality people, people who genuinely believe and if, even if they don't understand, they seek the right means to understand. They don't come up with, with these crazy ideas because it's a big statement for you to say, you know, I don't believe in the Sunnah. It's a, it, it's a very severe crime that you're doing. But out of your ignorance, you think that, no, it's just an opinion. No, it's not just an opinion. It's something very big. You are actually contradicting the Quran. You're going against the teachings of the Quran. And please go and educate yourself. Please dedicate some time. Go and sit with a scholar. Read some books. Don't just scroll on your social media and watch Netflix and then come up with these, you know, crazy ideas thinking that, oh, now I'm a scholar. I have the say. I can prove. I can do, I can that. Better scholars than you were humiliated in public by the scholars. So do you think you stand a chance? Anyways, that's not our topic today. <laughs> I don't want to get uh, energized more, but uh, I think the, the, the point is very clear. Jazakallah khair. Well said. Some some so-called sheikhs or YouTubers to have more numbers and more followers, they tend to ignorantly believe that uh, hadith in Sahih Bukhari contradict the Quran. It does not. In fact, we cannot call Al-Imam Al-Bukhari's hadith, we cannot say it is his hadith because it is not his. It is the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu The way he wrote it, just go and open and see the first page of the summarized Sahih Al-Bukhari. Many tried to find a fault in it. Absolutely none. None. To follow and say, I will try and find a fault in this that is challenging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and challenging the Messenger of Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because Allah told us in the Quran, إذا قضى الله ورسوله أمرا أن تكون لهم الخيرة من أمرهم. It is not, it is not permitted, it is not allowed for a believing man or woman when Allah and his messenger have legislated in anything for them to have a choice. It is taking it all or leaving it all. You cannot be half Muslim. 
you have to be complete full Muslim or not. We cannot cherry pick. It is not like going to the market and looking, choosing what I want and what I don't want. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have completed the deen and he has perfected it. Anyone comes trying to find a hole in it, Allah will put a hole in their heads and in, the sh in, and in their shaitan's heads. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he accompanied Abu Bakr. We know that. To the Ghar and then to Medina. Abu Bakr was asked about the inheritance of the grandmother. He said, I don't know. They said to him, oh, how come, you know, you accompanied Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and you lived with him for so long? He said, I don't know. Today, some scholars, they, they feel ashamed to say, I don't know. They feel ashamed to say, you know, I'm wrong. That is kibriya. That is show off. Iblis, the same thing happened to him. When Allah ordered him to bow for Adam, he said, no, I'm better than him. And it grew in his head. So to decline the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, willingly and knowingly is atakufur. Nothing more can be said other than that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Amen. Shehatim, I actually got an answer for you. Um, you say, why do these people want you to go and join them? Because they need friends in the hellfire. Are you sure they have uh, time for making friends in the hellfire? Well, you know, and this is actually what the, you know, this is what the shaitans want, right? They wanted to mislead us so that we can be in the hellfire with them. Um, that's what it is. <laughs> they, there is a something... Um, 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 that is in Arabic that, uh, that is called Uqdat al Naqs is the complexity of uh, the weaknesses that you have Yeah. so if you have a weakness and you want to prove that you, you don't have that weakness so you, you, uh, you assume that if you do these things then you're going to be complete or you're like, going um, to be dignified by, by people like an uh, inferior, yeah. inferiority complex. Infe inferiority yeah. complex, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that people who already have decided that the Sunnah is not for them and mm. maybe the Quran is not for them, then just walk away, live your life comfortably. Do not mm. dedicate your life for something that you don't believe in, something you don't like, something that is disturbing you. You are not the Messiah. You are not appointed by Allah to guide the masses. Even if you try, I assure you, I, I, I might be wrong, but I assure you, the two billion Muslims, you cannot change them. You might be able to influence one, two, ten, hundred, okay. But two billion people on the planet, for you to convince them that the hadith of the Rasulullah Rasul is wrong, 
then that is a different story. You ha- you will have to have a very long time for eternity until you finish this mission. So do not follow the footsteps of Shaitan, where he says, I will lead them all astray, meaning all of us. You know, his mission is not only Adam to mm. go to, to, to uh, hellfire, but everybody who follows Adam, alayhi salam, he wants them to be in hellfire. So you are not so dedicated as Shaitan. Shaitan is very dedicated. He works day and night, no weekends, no holidays. So, uh, and the other thing, I want people also to think intellectually. Hmm. You have this matter. It's a concern. First of all, as a Muslim, if you're still under the banner of Islam, first you have to purify your intention. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want to learn more Hmm. or this matter is disturbing and I need to understand so that I can practice my faith better? So... You supplicate to Allah, oh Allah, make make it easy for me to find the truth. I, I read this hadith and I see it contradicting the Quran. I don't see, seem to understand it very well. Maybe my knowledge is not that much. Oh Allah, please make it easy for me to see the truth. Okay, that's a different story. You are trying to learn and it's between you and Allah. But if you have other intentions then you should be aware that Allah knows what is in the hearts. Allah can reveal what is in your heart. The public around you might not know your really true intentions, Mm -hmm. but Allah Almighty knows what is in your heart and you will be accountable for everything that you do to bring down Islam or shame Islam or humiliate the name of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, the, the, the scholars, the scholars uh, of, of hadith, even when they speak about the hadith that are very weak, that are makdhub, that are not, they, they, speak, they speak about it as it is a statement that does not belong or does not refer to the Prophet You know, they even the wrong statement, they speak about it with respect in a scientific way that this was not referred to the Prophet So how could you as a person go and scrutinize the entire sunnah of the Prophet how dare you? I mean, how, how, how much courage do you have in your heart to stand on the day of judgment and the Prophet ﷺ is there and you are one of those who opposed his way? Especially if you don't have a proof. Hmm. Especially if you don't have the knowledge. And the doors of Tawbah are open. The doors of repentance are open. Everybody makes a mistake. You can always go back. But... You have a lot of work to rectify what you started. Because if you have people who are influenced with this, then you bear the burden of those who followed you. So please, my dear brothers and sisters, this is a serious matter. If you are into this area, please think twice before you continue. 
because even if you think you have logical points and you 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 have the facts as per your 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 way it doesn't prove anything you know you will still not get the 2 billion people on your side and this will not lead you to heaven if your intention is to go to heaven by doing this then i assure you that's not the way to heaven yeah and uh, allahu alam jazakumullah khair we are all simple people we are not scholars we are not the right people to debate or compete or scrutinize or this we are just normal muslims who love allah and his messenger that's that's about it so don't think of us that we are scholars and we can do this and that. No, we are just simple people. We love the Prophet and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we're trying to educate people at least to know their basics. Yeah, know your basics, know your deen, do your part, worship Allah, and always seek the guidance of Allah by supplication, by dua. Anything you want to do, do stikhara. Am I doing this right or not? That is the way that the Prophet taught us. Oh, but if you don't believe in the Sunnah, so you don't know istikhara. So that's mm -hmm. another thing. Wallahu Sakallah khairan. Sheikh, if you don't mind, um, the last 10 minutes here, um, because I've been getting some messages from, you know, a few, few days ago. And people were asking about, as you know, this is the month of Radhi Awal. And uh, people are asking about, you know, the celebration of the birthday of the Prophet. And there are videos going online, for example, that people talk about, um, you know that this is something that uh, that we all should do, and some of the claims are, you know, for example, is they they use a lot a lot of people use these words of uh, um, Omar radiallahu anhu, uh, you know, when he mentioned that you know that the, when he gathered that at that time, you know, I'll give you the context of the hadith. People were praying taraweh, different groups, right? And he decided to put everybody in one group and pray to pray together, right? And then the thing is, most people, you know, forget about this, that Prophet Muhammad used to do uh, taraweh together in groups. Um, so all Omar did was just to re, re um, uh, you know, we also know that the reason why the Prophet Muhammad didn't continue to do in groups all the time because he's concerned that, that the, the taraweh is going to be wajib for all of us. It's going to be a commandment that we have to do, just like the five daily prayers. So he rather than making it a regular thing, he break that up. And then he said, no, you know, he will pray by himself in some nights. So, you know, when Omar, at the time of Omar, he, he collect the groups again and he put everyone together and pray uh, taraweh together. And one of the companions asked, you know, why do you do this? And he said, you know, this the, the bidah hasana, which is basically, you know, this is a linguistic meaning as we know. Um, but people are going online and saying, look, it's okay to do innovations. It's okay to do innovation based on this thing. And subhanAllah, Shaykh, that, that people are going on the videos about, uh, you know, you know, the celebrating Prophet's birthday is should be encouraged. Uh, you know, this is one of the bid'ah that you could do that will be rewarded for it. So I don't know if you come across any of the video. Maybe I should have sent you those videos. But it's it's amazing. And the thing is, subhanAllah, you know, we know a very clear hadith when Prophet was asked, why did he fast on Mondays? He said, because this is the day that he was born and this is the day that he first received re revelation. Now, we have a clear hadith that says wh what he do when he celebrate, or when he remember his, the day that he was born. 
But you know what? We don't want to fast every Monday. We don't want to fast every Tuesday. But once a year, we want to celebrate this birthday. That's for you, Shah. Which which one of us? <laughs> you, 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 you can go. You can. I'm not sure. Is this uh, something happened in Oman as well? Uh, look, I, I, I have the, I have a theory. I don't know if I'm correct in this theory or not, but I would feel, you know, embarrassed when I meet Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he knows that only on the day of his birthday, then he was a special person to me. But the rest of my life. I don't really care about his sunnah, about his practices and this. I will be very embarrassed. So my theory is the 365 days of the year is his birthday. Every single day I perform one of his sunnahs is his birthday. I am celebrating the life of the Rasulullah But if I only wait for the public holiday, or the day of Mawlid, then I gather people, there's buffet, there's drums, there's singing, there's Omani poetry, sweets. there's uh, sweet Omani sweets, and <laughs> then somehow I have a problem with it because it does not reflect, uh, you know, uh, the true love that you have to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I think uh, for people, they need to embed the life of the Prophet in their lives. Mm -hmm. If anyone sees you throughout the year, he should see some of the attributes of the Rasulullah uh, We also have, uh, you know, the, the, the problem here in uh, of National Day, where people on National Day, they're wearing the flags and things like that. But throughout the year, they cheat, they bribe, the corruption and, and all of these things. So it's like hypocrisy. Uh, either you are nationalist and you love your country, you do what is best for your country, or just celebrate on that day and khalas. So I urge my dear brothers and sisters to follow the path of the, uh, the Prophet Sallallahu to do what is right on the day uh, of, uh, if, if it is the day that he was born, because there is a dispute between the scholars about the date, then at least sit with your children, remind them, teach them a hadith, teach them an attribute of Rasulullah tell them a story. That's how that's how Muslims celebrate. Muslims don't celebrate with food and and chanting and drums and things like that. You know, it's not our celebration. So make your celebrations pure for the sake of Allah and make it ibadah. When I celebrate by teaching my children or going to a school and talking to them about Rasulullah or going to a mosque and reminding people of the sin of the Prophet I'm actually getting an ajr. But I, if I play the drums and, you know, that type of celebration, then what ajr am I getting? What ajr am I getting? Wallahu alam. I like your point, Sheikh. Um, if we love Prophet Muhammad we should start memorizing the, the hadith. That will be one of the best way, right? To actually learn and understand the hadith. Memorize the hadith like we memorize the Quran. We put so much effort on the Quran, but sometimes we don't put any effort to, to memorize any hadith. And, and you know, Sheikh Baba, anything do you want to add for for those? There's a few comments I mentioned about, you know, if we leave the Sunnah, we'll end up like the Christians. 
um, even the Pope embracing, um, you know, with the alphabet people they mentioned here in the comment. Um, essentially, you know, we need to, to live our life like, you know, Sheikh Hatim and Sheikh mentioned, we need to live our life complete, right? So all these things that we say, why we want to have, why we want to innovate anything? Have we complete all the other sunnah that we know for sure that Prophet Muhammad do? Have we 100%? Have we done our dua the first thing when we wake up? When we wake up first thing in the morning, do we look on the phone and check on the weather or check on the news? Or do we wake up and then say, Alhamdulillah, do we, do we make that dua first? Or do we start with other things first? Have we from the beginning that we finish our day with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Allahumma wahiya, we finish with that, right? That, will, that should be one of the way to celebrate, to remember Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because those actions, and subhanAllah, yeah, the other day when I was um, uh, flying the other day, I, I was looking through some books and I found one of the books on my phone uh, on the on the uh, Kindle, I think on Amazon Kindle. And, you know, but the, this book was written by uh, this, this sheikh. The way how it's written like a biography of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi It's written like a diary. The moment he wakes up, the moment he wakes up, until all the way until he finished, the way how he deal with people, the way how he deal with his wife, with his, you know, with the children, with the kids. So subhanAllah, when you read it, you feel like, you know, you, you're sort of living there and, and you're actually looking at Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu doing these things. And that's one, brothers and sisters, that's one of the best way. Not chanting, not by doing anything else. And I think we're all very clear on that. Allah Alam, that's from me. Shikababa, you give one big strong message for all of us and then we'll end the program, inshallah. We always give the big the big point to you, Shah. <laughs> no, we should give the big point that yeah. to You have um, a big shoulder, you have a broad shoulder, so you're gonna carry all the all the when when Shahatim is here, then we, we, we put him uh, uh, you know, we give him all the, the burden on that, inshallah. But for now you take the burden. <laughs> I remind myself and remind us all to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam through the lens of the Quran and through the lens of the authentic sunnah. Anything, any act that he did not do, the companion did not do, and the tabi'in did not do, let's remember Every innovation is misguidance, and every misguidance is will end up in the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from the hellfire. Amin. Allahumma atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirat hasanatan wa qina adhab al-nar. Amin. Amin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all the viewers. Please share and please forward the program. And you can also listen to this on the Spotify and the um, uh, podcast as well, Apple Podcasts. Uh, inshallah, we'll see you again maybe next week with Chekababa only because Shahatim will be on the, on the journey to be with us. And inshallah. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you all again, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.